Good evening, Bethlehem and saints of God. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night or whatever time you're tuning in to our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael E. Tony, host for today's Bible study, as well as I serve as the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And as a senior pastor, I want to take this opportunity to extend a personal invitation for those who do not have a church home. We're located at 311 North Dunbar. Again, we're located at 311 North Dunbar. We'd love to see your face in this place. So bring a family member or a friend and join us. Go ahead and visit our website at heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. Again, our website is heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And there you can get to know us. Once you get to know us, scroll down to the bottom and follow or friend us. What I call Cyber Church. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And once you join us in Cyber Church, ultimately, though, we want to see you in this place this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Take this as a personal invitation to join us this coming Sunday. Tonight, again, you've joined us in our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. It's meant to be a time from 6 p.m. to 6.40. However, we allow the Holy Spirit to work and move as he would. We're going to have the opening prayer, a few announcements, the reading of the Word of God, and then we're going to have an introduction video if time allows, and the Bible study and invitation, and then the benediction. So let's go ahead and open up in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity once again to come together as the body of Christ here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church to look into your word. Tonight, Father, we want to study to show ourselves approved of you that we might be workmen and work women who need not be ashamed. Father, we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of our sins wash us and cleanse us that we might be in right fellowship with you, that we might be in right relationship with you, that we may tonight, this evening, this morning, or whatever time, that we may hear a word from the Lord. We thank you, Father, for inhabiting this Bible study. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise the Lord. Amen. And praise the Lord, Bethlehem. As always, we want to continue to fast and pray this coming Friday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, fasting and praying for the Ford family, Brother Michael Ford, lost his daughter. Uh, we're also uh, praying and fasting for Sister Pam as she's had surgery. Um, and fasting and praying for those that are on uh, the pastor's uh, prayer list. We've had many families that have lost loved ones. And we are praying and interceding on their behalf. So we want you to join us again this coming Friday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. as we fast and pray for the body of Christ that's in mourning here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church and amongst those whom we love. Few other announcements. Uh, want to uh, let you know that we're looking to be a part of the 40th anniversary service of uh, Dr. Wayne Lawson, and we are celebrating on um, this next Wednesday. We're going to be in fellowship on October the 11th, 
at uh, the First Baptist Church there in Ardmore, Oklahoma, as we celebrate the 40th year in the ministry of Dr. Wayne Lawson. I want you to be fasting and praying for that. He's looking for us uh, to come all hands on deck. Uh, he wants the choir to come. He wants us all to be in fellowship with him. So uh, please be fasting and praying for this event as well. Fast and pray as we will be traveling to Muskogee, Oklahoma, to the Rayfield Baptist Church there for our 126th annual session, August or October the 16th through the 18th, 2023. And we look forward to being fellowship there. I want you to fast and pray for that as well, Bethlehem. And also, Bethlehem, we need you to fast and pray. So on that Wednesday night, October the 18th, starting through the 20th, we're going to be in what I'm calling our loyalty revival. So please, Bethlehem, be fasting and praying for this as well. It was a very impactful time the last time we had it. And we look forward to having a great time in the Lord and that as well. And also be fasting and praying for our Chickasaw District Annual Revival, which will be October the 23rd through the 25th, nightly at 7 p.m. at Mount Zion Baptist Church there in Ardmore, Oklahoma. We have a lot to fast and pray about and continue and also fast and pray for that next Sunday when we'll be in fellowship with uh, Dr. Copeland as he celebrates his anniversary. And uh, I believe that's on the 26th or the 27th, that Sunday after the revival. Uh, so we have a lot to fast and pray about and ask God to move with us and about us and through us. So Bethlehem, please be fasting and praying that God would work and move in mighty and awesome ways. Tonight, we're continuing a series that I started on this last uh, Sunday. And the series is entitled The B-Series, The B-Series. And we're standing on the word of God, uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This month uh, is really, we're focusing on loyalty month and being loyal to God. We want you to be so loyal to God that you'll be fearless and obey his word, his commandments. And tonight we want you to be so loyal to God that you are faithful to him because uh, loyalty to God requires a total commitment to God. Let me say it again. Loyalty to God calls, uh, causes or requires a total commitment to God. And we, we talked about Hamlet and Shakespeare's Hamlet, where this man in the play was struggling between life and death and whether he should be or not be. And for him, that was the question. And I know there are many within our body that are struggling with the loss of loved ones, struggling with uh, uh, trying to overcome some sicknesses and ailments, uh, having gone through surgeries and procedures that could make life uh, painful to live. And some may be questioning whether or not whether they should be or not be. And I'm here to tell you that if God has put breath in your body, 
It is not your question whether you should ask to be or not to be. Your your, uh, obedience requires you to be, to be in Jesus' name. If you missed Sunday's message, we said we challenge you to be fearless. Tonight, we're going to challenge you to be faithful. Next Sunday, we want to challenge you to be fierce. Then we're going to challenge you to be ferocious, to be formidable, and to be forceful um, because God has left breath in you. And if God has left breath in you, you are alive for his purpose and his plan in your life. Many times when we go through struggles like we have been going through as a church, you wonder whether or not you want to be or not to be in that. That's not a question for the Christian. God gave gave you breath. It's time for you to be. It's time for you to be. And, and what you need to be in this time of great loss, in this time of great struggle, is you need to be faithful. You need to be faithful. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. And we're going to look at it in the Amplified Bible. Let me read this in your hearing. It says, therefore, my beloved brother, be firm, parenthesis, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, uh, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Let me say it again. Always being superior excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or it is never wasted or has no purpose in Jesus' name. We challenge you tonight. Bethlehem and the body of Christ, saints of God, we want you to be, want you to be faithful, to be faithful. We're going to talk on around three points. The Holy Spirit gives us utterance. We want you to continually be steadfast for the Lord. Continually be superior for the Lord. Continually be sentient for the Lord. We want Christians to know tonight, that means to be aware. We want Christians to know tonight that Christians should always be faithful to the Lord. Christians should always be faithful to the Lord. We're going to pause right now, and then we'll get to the word. Today's scripture reading is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. God's word says this. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58 is the conclusion of chapter 15, in which Paul, in which all of Paul's biblical, theological, and historical arguments have led to this practical instruction for believers. As a result of all preceding 57 verses, Paul commands us to be two things. First, he commands us to be steadfast and immovable. And then second, he commands us to be excelling in the Lord's work. We do all of this. We do know that all of our labor, our work to the Lord is not in vain. 
Why? Because the resurrection changes everything. So today, let's take an in-depth look at what it means for us to be steadfast and immovable and excelling in the Lord's work. The text tells us to keep on becoming steadfast and immovable. So while the skeptics and critics of Christianity will howl and rage, we have a surety of faith and hope in Jesus Christ. We live and declare an unashamed allegiance to the biblical, historical, and orthodox truths of the gospel, no matter the cost. We are immovable from our hope in the gospel. We are steadfast in our belief in the gospel. Now, this certainty concerning the resurrection then prompts us to excel in the work of the Lord. The word translated excel here in verse 58, perusuo, could be rendered doing all in your power for the work of the Lord or to have an abundance or being rich in the work of the Lord. This passage points us, is calling us to give all that we have, all that we are to the work of Jesus Christ in our generation. It is not an add-on to our life or bonus points for a life well lived. We are all to give everything for this mission. And thankfully, this toil, this work for the Lord is not in vain. Rather, we know that it matters. Our service to the King matters. So in light of the resurrection, may we be steadfast and immovable, and may we excel in the work of the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. We're looking at the maps here and the the maps uh, we're concerned about on the maps today, the city of Corinth. Uh, There's Athens. This is the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, This is uh, where Paul made his way through Turkey. As I said, uh, during another time, uh, uh, Papa Reed is going to take a trip. Uh, to Turkey, to the uh, to the seven churches there that were uh, planted uh, there in Turkey, and as I said before, many of this uh, part of Christianity is should be considered uh, the Holy Land, and also uh, Corinth as well. You know, we get two books in the Bible uh, that we have on record there in. And Corinth, and they were a very gifted and talented church, gifted and talented people, uh, but they were also a immature people, immature people. And, and this may be why Paul wrote uh, the part of the text that we are looking at today, because immature people don't tend to be faithful. Let me say it again. Immature people uh, are like uh, children. Many times they get upset, pack, uh, take their stuff with them and leave like uh, children do. You know, you're playing a game with your football buddy and he brought his football, gets mad, take his ball and leave and thinks the game is going to be over. And that's what immature people do. They don't tend to be faithful. They don't tend to be faithful to one church. Uh, They don't tend to be faithful in their marriages. I'm really meddling now. Don't tend to be faithful to their jobs. They immature people don't have a good work history. A lot of times 
um, because they are immature. They don't have the ability um, to be faithful. And, and Paul was trying to write this church, trying to get these people to grow up, to grow up, and uh, trying to get them uh, to be faithful, to be faithful, uh, continually steadfast for the Lord. And, and this is where we are on point number one. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, it's, it's been a horrible three months, um, three years, three last years since 2020. Um, but God has called us as the church Bethlehem and saints of God ever since 2020 and even before that. He wants us to stand firm. He wants us to be firm. He wants us to be steady. He wants us to be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, uh, back in the day, um, uh, Grandmama Nim had the same phone number same phone number. And some of you today can remember that same phone number uh, from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, because they were steadfast. Uh, you didn't have to be concerned or where they, where they were going to move. They were steadfast. They, their numbers didn't change. They were steadfast. And, and, and those older generations were more steadfast and our churches were stronger back then because we had more solid uh, folk in the church. They were steadfast. They, they were steadfast to their marriages. And, and, and that's why we have so many of them that have, it's not uncommon, particularly for the baby boomers to have people who've been married 50 and 60 and 40 something years because they were steadfast. If they had a steadfast family, guess what? You had a steadfast church um, because they were always there. They stood firm. They were immovable and they were always abounding in the work of the Lord. God is calling us. Oh, to be like grandmama. Them. God is calling us, oh, as a church to be steadfast, to stand firm, immovable, not just to be standing still, by the way, standing still. And this is where we can grow always. It says always abounding in the work of the Lord, it, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Guess what? always doing something new for the Lord. Let me put it that way. Always doing something new for the Lord. Always being faithful to what God has us planted, but being creative, abounding in the work, doing more, not doing less. Hello, somebody. That's challenge to faithfulness is that uh, a lot of times we want to do less and we don't want to do more. We don't want to abound in the work of the Lord. God has called us to, to, for, for, for his ministry, for his people to be. It, this is an all-consuming oh, relationship, uh, for lack of a better term, all-consuming religion. It takes everything uh, to be steadfast for the Lord. You've got to be stand firm. You have to be immovable. 
And you have to always be abounding in the work of the Lord in the month of October. The work is abounding. Will we abound with the work of the Lord? Things are trying to get back to normal like it was before. Not that we're involved in religion, but we do what we do for the Lord in Jesus' name. And the work continues to abound. Will you continue to abound? Will you continue to be steadfast for the Lord? In Jesus' name, you set fast for everything else. Hello, somebody. You set fast for football. Hello, somebody. I meddle all the time about football. Uh, this coming week is the Texas OU uh, game. Where will you be? We got a funeral at 11 during the Texas OU weekend. Where will you be? Will you be abounding for OU or will you be abounding for the Lord and the service for the Lord for this man of God who's lost his child? What will you do? Will you be steadfast? You know, no game ain't got nothing on me supposed to be doing the work of the Lord. Hello, somebody. I very rarely watch a whole game of uh, the Dallas Cowboys. It's my favorite team. I grew up in Dallas. It should be my favorite team. I very rarely watch a whole game. Why is that? Because it's on a Sunday. Hello, somebody. And my work for the Lord, it, it keeps me set fast. It keeps me immovable. And I'm always abounding in the work of the Lord. Will you abound, Bethlehem? Will you abound, man and woman of God who's at a time, difficult time in your marriage? Will you be steadfast? A difficult time in your church? Will you be steadfast? Will you be immovable? Will you always be abounding in the work of the Lord? You know, I'm doing more now than I ever had before in the work of the Lord because it's always abounding when religion is not in right now. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. That, that, that's because I do what I do for the Lord. Are you steadfast, church? Will you be firm? We need you to be firm right now. We need you to be serving. We need you to be immovable. We need you to abound in the work of the Lord because what I do, my motivation and your motivation should be, is the Lord. Hello, somebody. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Galatians 6 and 9 said it this way, let us not grow weary in doing well-doing. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. I know we've been busy the last two weeks, Bethlehem, but let's not grow weary in well-doing. Because work that God is using us, we're going to reap if we do not give up. The only way you cannot Oh, reap is to give up. And God has not called any of us to give up on the work of the Lord. He's trying to get us to abound in the work of the Lord, to be faithful, to be faithful in Jesus' name. Bethlehem, we, we need to be steadfast in the Lord and and my second point tonight is we talk about be faithful. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse uh, 58. Uh, we need you to be superior for the Lord. Superior for the Lord. Not, not, let me put it this way. Say, always being superior. Exceeding 
doing more than enough in the service for the Lord. Is your service for the Lord superior? One of the things I I like that's moving around in our culture is this thing called black excellence, black excellence. That means that we, 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 whatever we do, we do it excellently. And I was in, uh, Elementary used to sing a song about the pursuit of excellence. And and, and and everybody in this new culture, this new blackness is, is, is wanting to be excellent, excellent, uh, pursuing excellence. But at the church, the question is, Is there God excellence at the church? Well, let me say that again. Not black excellence. Is there Christian excellence at the church? Do we do a superior job in serving the Lord? Let me say that again. Do we do a superior job in serving the Lord? Or are we giving God our leftovers? Do we give a excellent sacrifice? Like old brother Abel did, or do we bring the leftovers like brother Cain? Hello, are we giving an excellent uh, oh in regards to our offerings, tithes, and offering? Are we excellent in it, or are we just giving God uh, what's left over? Are we are we excellent in our service when we teach? Do we teach excellently? Do we study? Now, I don't see it as a problem at Bethlehem, but I've been in some places in Sunday school where I know that Sunday school teacher's reading the lesson for the first time in the middle of the class because they are not being superior in their studies. I have listened to several preachers who have fooled even the saints at Bethlehem with some of their sermons that they're not being excellent because I could tell they don't study for the occasion. They go back and they, they use one of them Oh, uh, oh, good ones that they preach that uh, uh, the, the one they preach all the time. And that's usually associates. They usually uh, stand on that one sermon and go around and preach that all the time. They don't. That's why you see at conferences, you see at, at, at church anniversaries, you see at, 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 at pastor's anniversary, there is a theme, but they never preach on the theme. They're not being superior. Hello, somebody. They're not being excellence. They're not studying for the occasion. Do you study for the occasion? Lord, revival was so excellent. The last time we did it is because we could tell that the teachers had put in time to study. And it encouraged us to put in time for study. They were always being superior in their preparation. And God showed up and showed out in that because there were four folk who were superior in their preparation and and was excellent. And God used that in a mighty and an awesome way. Are you being superior in your study for the Lord, in your service for the Lord, or are you just giving God your leftovers? That's what preachers do. We've met of preachers 
because I write for our Sunday School Publishing Board. This is one of the greatest honors I have in my life to write for the uh, Sunday School Publishing Board. And the Sunday School Publishing Board has a, 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 a plan, a theme that they want me to write on for the Sunday School Publishing Board. You see about 14 different lessons on a theme, and I can't in my writing say, well, I know what the theme is, Sunday School Publishing Board, but God has led me in another direction and I put some of my old sermons in there and turn it in. They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Why do we allow preachers, hello somebody, to do that? We got to hold folk accountable to being superior and to being excellent for the Lord and stop giving God their leftovers in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, it is the front to our God to not be superior. It is a front to our God to not be exceeding. You know, I do stuff that is exceeding. I could get away with just preaching, but I have and do so many other things to try to teach and to preach the word of God. Use so many other different tools that's being excellent, exceeding. Oh, for the Lord doing more than enough, not just enough for the service of the Lord. That's what folk do for just enough service. God says tonight that we should do more than enough for the service of our Lord. It should be an all-consuming passion. Oh, and we should name it Christian excellence. Hello, somebody. Christian, are you giving God your Best is the all-consuming in Jesus' name. Is the all-consuming? It's your commitment. Are you that loyal to God? Woo! Are you that loyal to God? To where you're really faithful? You see, uh, Colossians three and twenty-three says it this way: Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, work at it with all your heart, working for the Lord. Now that's just done now. Put it, our ministry everywhere. Hello, somebody. It's just, it, t- take, it took us out of the church. It says, whatever you do, Christian excellence should be manifested at your job, in your marriage, uh, uh, in every organization that you're a part of, because you name the name of Jesus Christ, you should be synonymous with black excellence. Hello, somebody, or Christian excellence. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not a human master, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the law, uh, inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. So we just done took it out of the church and put it everywhere you are. You're supposed to be superior. Hello, somebody. When I was working in the secular culture, I may not have been the best employee at most of the jobs that I went, but I can say I was one of the best. Because I, I, I stood on this. I, I don't just represent myself. I, I represent the Lord. And, 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 and because I'm working for him, it's an all-consuming passion, an all-consuming loyalty, the way he could take uh, what I do for the church and take it outside of the church and put it 
in the corporate world. Put it on my job. Hello, somebody. In Jesus' name, be, continually be superior. Superior in your service for the Lord. Because you can be sentiment, which is, means to be a New Testament term, woke. That's my poor, poor third print uh, point. Knowing and continually being aware. See, that's what they call being woke in society. You can tell when somebody's woke and they know what's going on in the culture or in, in, in culture or in politics. It's, you can tell somebody who gets it and somebody who don't get it. They, they call that being woke. Are you woke? See, the problem is there's a lot of folks sleeping in the church. They're not woke. They don't know that what they do the old folk you say the only thing done for Christ will last. The only things done for Christ will last. And guess what? A Christian should do everything for Christ. Hello, somebody. If the only thing done for Christ will last, then we should do everything for Christ in Jesus' name because we know and in being continually aware, what do we know? That our labor in the Lord is not fruitile. The, the older version said, not in vain. It is never wasted. What you do for the Lord is never wasted or it's never has no purpose. You know, I was a bit upset uh, with what happened to McCarthy. I believe that's his name there in the Senate. Um because he did the right thing to keep the government open. And we were praying for that because Sister Etan worked for the government. And whenever we talk about closed downs, uh, it always affects us, though we very rarely mention it. But he did the right thing. And then after he did the right thing, he came across party lines to keep the government open. He did the right thing. But after that, he got ousted, voted out for doing the right thing. And it would seem, as someone once says, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> someone once said that. And, and, and many times you, you, you feel that way because you, because you, many of you have, have, like me, you've helped a lot of folk. And then they, they go off and then they, they kind of put you down and act like they pulled themselves by, up by their own bootstraps like it was them that did it when it was your recommendation, when it was your letter that helped to open the door for them. Now they think they all that in a bag of chips and dip and, and it makes you not want to help nobody out because they're so arrogant and prideful. Oh, but this text says if you're at that point, if you've helped somebody out, if you've done the right thing and got punished for doing the right thing, you got to stay woke and know that you didn't do it. Hello, somebody. To keep the government of your Christian, you did it because of your love for the Lord. You did it because you decided to be superior and rise above the parties. And, and as he said, to be a grown person and keep the government open and not be 
immature, like they're talking about what we're talking about in this text. They were so immature, they were not faithful. They were not steady. They were not immovable. They uh, they were like some of those uh, people in, in the party that want to have their own way. Don't you know that the party is not just about you and your clique? Don't you know the government is not just about you and your clique? In order for this thing to work, you have to come and come together across party lines and know that you've got to do the right thing all to get stuff done in our government. It was set up this way. It's not a government of the Democrats and the Republicans. It is the United States. And in order for it to work, we're going to have to have some unity there in the in the House and in the Senate. we got to have some unity. we got to have some folk who are woke and know that there's going to have to be some concessions all uh, oh, to keep this thing going. And don't get mad at somebody for for doing the right thing you've heard me say this before just in case i gotta tell you my god don't ride the back of a donkey or elephant sometimes you'll hear me preaching and you'll think i'm a republican another time you'll hear me preaching and you'll think i'm a democrat and i'm not democrat or republic i stand on the truth and that man did the right thing. He was woke and he got the wrong outcome for being woke. That man kept the government open. That's what his job was. He shouldn't have been punished for that. Hello. Now he's done some other things. You'll hear me talk against, but this situation, ah, he was woke. He was woke. But I want you to know, Christian folk, there's somebody listening at the sound of my voice and you did the right thing. Uh, you were uh, steadfast. You were immovable. You, 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 you were woke. You did the right thing. But the wrong outcome came about. I want you to know that you didn't do it. Oh, for the government. Uh, you didn't do the right thing in your marriage uh, for your wife or for your mate. Uh, you didn't do the right thing in the church for the pastor because he made you feel guilty for not serving. You do the right thing because you're woke. You know that being, uh, 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 it says knowing and being continually aware that the, your labor in the Lord is not futile. Your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted. Doing the right thing is never wasted. Being superior and excellence for the Lord is never wasted. Uh, serving the Lord on your job is never wasted. Even if you don't get a raise, it's never wasted. Hello, somebody. And, 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 or to no purpose. God has you there to be woke for his purpose and for his plan. And that's why you need to be because you're woke and, and you're alive and, and God has a purpose for your life. Your life is never wasted. If God wanted you dead, he would have taken your life and you're thinking about suicide. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If God wants you gone, he'll take you. I know he's taking a, a lot of your loved ones around you, but if God wants you to be dead, he would have taken you. So God says to wake up in Jesus' name. 
and continually know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life and that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stay woke, folk, in Jesus' name. Matthew 19 and 29 says, everyone who has given up houses, you stay woke, stay woke. What you're doing is not in vain, pastor. You think I, I, I'm preaching and, and, and I'm only preaching to 20 people on Sunday. I'm preaching. I'm only preaching to hundreds now when it was a thousand. I'm, I'm preaching and I'm preaching now and, and, and it's only 10,000 now. And when it was 20,000 on the weekend, uh, uh, stay woke. Don't you know, pastor, your faithfulness is not dependent upon how many folk are in your audience. Let me say that again. I know it makes you feel good like most preachers. We ain't no preacher I know want the house to be empty. But uh, your faithfulness to the Lord, to those who show up, it, it counts as much whether there's two people or 10,000 people. You're faithful to what God has called you to do. He says, everyone who's given up houses or brothers and sisters and father, I told you it's all-consuming faith, uh, fathers and mothers or children or property, all-consuming for my sake. He said, you do the right thing for my sake. If you've done the right thing for years for my sake, you will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Woo! He said, you're going to get paid back here on this side of heaven, and you're going to get paid in it all with eternal life. Stay woke, folk. What you do for the Lord matters. It counts regardless of the people that you think see you or not see you. He wants you to be faithful. He never asked you to do anything else but to be faithful. It's his job to be fruitful. It's his job to manifest what you're doing in your life or in the church life or at work. It's his job. But you must be loyal to God. Your relationship to God should be all-consuming. Is there anybody here ever given up a house? I've given up a house. Is there anybody here ever given up brothers and sisters and father? I, I, I had to leave my family behind there in Dallas. Uh, uh, is there anybody ever given up property? I've given up some property. Is there anybody here for the sake of the Lord? I know I'm not the only one. I know there are some faithful pastors who have done the same thing, the same as I've done. God says you're going to receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Bethlehem, brothers and sisters of Christ, ministers, pastors, teachers, missionaries, whatever you call yourself, God wants you to be faithful. Don't be concerned about the outcome. Just be faithful. Just be there. As I was studying, I, I, I was listening to a tape about young ladies that talked about that immovable part of that. It's like having a good root system, because when you have that a good root system, um, 
um, then you can stand firm. It reminds me of the story about the palm tree, about the palm tree that can withstand 70 to uh, 80 to 120 miles an hour winds. And, and, the, and the palm tree seems to uh, bend over, but it will never break. It will never move. And you say, well, how can that little skinny tree uh, withstand that kind of pressure, that kind of wind, that kind of power? They say it's because the roots go down deep. So when the rain comes, when the flood comes, when the oh, when hundred mile an hour winds come, they they they're rooted in the Lord. They are immovable. They're steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in being a palm tree. You be a palm tree, Bethlehem. And Jesus, I'm out of time. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. And before I leave, I, I have to be faithful at telling the good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I thank uh, and praise God for Jesus being faithful because um, he, there was a time when he struggled with a thing, was praying and saying, Lord, if it's if, if, if it be thy will, let this cup uh, pass me by. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he was faithful. He was steadfast. He was immovable. And, and he would have to die for the sins of the world. That's what God had planned him to do. And, and he couldn't be moved from his purpose. And he had to die for the sins of the world. And he died for your sins and my sins. And the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, if you're listening and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I'm imploring you today, pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I, I want to be faithful. And the first thing to be faithful I want to do is to give my life to Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for my sins, was buried and raised again on the third day so that today I might be saved. So come into my heart, come into my life, uh, take over that I might be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray that prayer for the first time and you and you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, You've been born in the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And I want to see you this coming Sunday. I'm no longer inviting you to come to church. You prayed that prayer for the first time. I'm telling you to come home, to come home. We're located at 311 North Dunbar right here in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, Garvin County. And I want to see you home this coming Sunday, 311 North Dunbar. If you prayed that prayer and you're nowhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, then you need to find a church home. God has put in you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is meant to guide you. And we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will guide you to a church home in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for joining our Bible study tonight. We're glad that you've joined us. Uh, as always, Bethlehem, I want to challenge you to stay connected. Stay connected to God's person, stay connected to God's precepts, and stay connected to God's people. And that's why I want to see you uh, some this Saturday as we minister to the grieving family. And I see you 
some this Sunday in Jesus' name. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. You're truly worthy to be praised. And we come today asking that you put your head to protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. The people of God said, amen. And praise the Lord. Bethlehem, you are dismissed in Jesus' name.